Hey, 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 it's me, Katie here. Grab a notebook, add a cuppa, and join me in the Sociology Staff Room. Hello and welcome to the Sociology Staff Room. I'm Katie Tyler and I've got a guest today, Stephanie Harding. Hello and welcome for coming on, talking to us today about social media and sociology. So thank you, first of all. Thank you very much. Pleased to speak to you. Oh, I'm happy too. I'm happy too. So first of all, before we start with my lots of questions, is tell me a little bit about yourself, sort of background. You don't have to go too much, like, you know, when I was four or something like that. <laughs> Just a little bit sort of a, for people that don't might not want to know or might you might want to share. Right. Um, so I'm an able sociology teacher. I also teach access to sociology as well. Um, I work at an EPI college in Essex, a USP college. Um, we have quite a large sociology back, uh, program, about 100 students every year sit the exam. So there's about five classes in both year one and year two. Um, I've got an undergraduate in sociology. Uh, so my degree was actually in sociology and politics. And I have also got a master's in education that I completed quite recently. And uh, yeah, I've always taught um, since I graduated, but I've taught in a variety of different forms. So when I first graduated, I worked with um, teen mum projects, young offender projects, did that for quite a long time. And then when my children were small, um, I kind of came back to my subject of studying it. Um, and yeah, and then went on to teach it a bit more as well. Oh, amazing. So just to put a bit of background into this, we make contact via the social media, i.e. Facebook, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. But strangely, I realised that we are living in the same area. And yeah. actually, I went to the same where you work, not obviously you can teach, which was a long time yeah. ago. I went to, uh, yeah. it was it was that, the college that you work at. So it's a very small world that we do work yeah. in and, and communicate. And I didn't realise we've had a similar path. I started in, in the prison service. So oh, I didn't know really? that. Yeah. yeah. So that was my first yeah. job out after my, my undergraduate degree. And I've also got a master's in sociology of education. So there's yeah. other conversations to be had. And I know we are going to meet face to face eventually, aren't we? We've got some yeah. possible times and dates. So, um, and that's the wonders of the internet, isn't it? This is sometimes the wonders. So I know we're going to be talking about social media mm -hmm. and how to use it with our students. And we know we live in a world that is you know, the digital age where students are using the internet as a way of communication a lot more, social media. Um, I don't think people have, you know, face-to-face -face conversations as much. It's a lot more done via social media. So I suppose it makes sense to engage with students via that, that mode of uh, communication. But at the same time, there's reservations around that because of maybe data protection and, and stuff we're going to talk about in a minute, but also the fact that maybe for some of our teachers, that's not something we use on a regular no. basis in order to communicate. So first of all, can you just tell me a little bit about how you use social media and what brought you to use social media with your students? Yeah, so we have um, a social media account on Instagram in sociology. It's called USP underscore sociology. It was originally set up for just our own students, but we've got quite a large following and we're aware of students, not just at our college, but you know, all over the country and academics kind of follow the account and um, you know, use the account for various different means. And it all really came about because I was completing my master's in education and I did a research unit on um, digital technologies and I was interested in using existing technologies to support students with um, their learning. Because quite often, 
um, as a teacher with dyslexia and as a dyslexic student, I found that we would often be given new technologies. And whilst that's really useful, I found as myself just returning back to the technologies that were readily available to me. Um, and then I, on the other hand, one of the biggest problems that we have as teachers is trying to get them to put their phones away, not look on social media. But also, you know, we regularly have conversations with our students about how if you are going to engage with social media, make it a positive engagement. And so there was lots of reasons really that came to me to be drawn to kind of create the Instagram account, but mainly because I read an article on the social media platforms that students most use and Instagram came out top. And I suddenly thought one day, what if I brought the classroom to them? So they did kind of small micro learnings. So if I couldn't get them to revise by picking up a book at home, what if I prompted them to do some revision while they're sitting on the bus coming to college or they're in their break at work? And so I spoke with my colleague and it is very much a joint enterprise. Myself, David and I, we kind of set the account up together. And I said, what about starting an Instagram account? And he was really enthusiastic and incredibly supportive. And so that's how it was kind of came about. And originally it was because I wanted to be able to give them contemporary examples that they could use within their exam answers. Because as most sociology teachers know, you know, being able to apply theory to something that's happening every day is a really good skill to develop when writing essays. And what I would find, probably like lots of teachers, is I'd read articles or I'd listen to things and I would email them to myself at work and I had every good intention of using them. But And I would sometimes, but quite often, if I'm honest, I'd forget and then the time would just go by and it would just get deleted from my inbox. But what we found with the Instagram account, both David and I, is that, you know, you read something on the news or you hear something on the news and you think, I can use that. And an Instagram account, just like it is for us is, you know, in our everyday lives, really quickly to post. We would just post it and then, um, yeah, and the students, what we say to the students is you don't have to be part of the Instagram account, but you can follow the Instagram account. We use it for open days to say to students, because it's a subject that I should imagine that if you're a teacher, you've ever stood doing an open day, people will say, what is sociology? And that, that's, like, that's a massive question. And so I often say to them, if you follow our Instagram account, or even just look at it, look at the types of things that we post about, that will give you a really good understanding of whether you're interested. So originally it was about using contemporary examples, but then as my research into digital technologies continued, I started to realize that what most of the research said was that, you know, you needed to teach them how to use it. So what we've started to do after that was we take screenshots of the Instagram account and we dump them into our PowerPoints and now we have them as maybe starters, plenaries, talking activities. So we actually use them with them in class. And around this time of year, what we start to do is we put short answer questions on the Instagram account. So, you know, yesterday we had like outline explain two ways in which changing family patterns have been impacted by changes in the position of women, I think it was. And we put two pictures and it's just this idea that you're sitting on the bus and you see that and you might think about it for five minutes. And then quite often if I've done something like that, then it will be on the board when they come into class and it'll be their starter activity. And it's funny because they'll be like, ha ha, I've already thought about this. And I'll be like, that's exactly what I was aiming for you to do. So yeah, different ways, yeah. 
gosh there's so much in that so obviously like you said it's engaging with with social media in a positive way um using time outside of lesson time probably like flip learning i suppose in some ways and revision um ensuring like engaging in within the lessons sort of mirroring that so what you're doing you send out you're also doing the lesson time um so there's lots going on there of how social media can be used with students obviously like you said revision as well like you know especially this time of the year um mm. and obviously as like, i think i'm i'm a, definitely do that where you sort of send yourself emails to the workplace and then you go oh, do you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna use that in my lesson or i'm gonna print out that article but then you don't so the sort of instant element of it mm. obviously for 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 students what like what's their you know when they sort of because i don't mean i actually don't use instagram so i'm sort of quite naive into this yeah. with um with their sort of following like do they do you feel they engage with it because i know that it's there is because obviously i'm thinking of other sort of platforms that we we use sometimes yeah. like we use some schools use like i don't know, show my homework or google classroom and stuff mm. um but it's only as good as whether all the students are engaging and are the people i suppose it's a bit of a controversial question are the kids that are engaging would engage in traditional types of communication just because it's the nature of the learner and the ones that you want to engage with mm-hmm. aren't engaging that so yeah i suppose i'm looking at the profile of engagement yeah i mean it's interesting you say that because i mean we you know we often talk david and i mean it's a very it is a joint enterprise and not only that but we are supported by our marketing team as well like there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that i don't think people realize like to set up an instagram account like that you know we've had the policies and procedures put in place you know yeah when it comes so, to it, yeah yeah, so there are other things you do have to consider. In terms of engagement, it's funny because some posts will go mad. And I think it is, Instagram was originally set up for photos, and I think it will be the photo or the picture. David or I will just get it right on the day, and we'll be very proud of ourselves, and we have a little competition between ourselves as well, which is lovely. Um, they don't always like, they don't like posts. They tend to prefer stories. We tend to have to pump them through to the post by covering it up and stuff like that. And, um, what we do find is that we will see it in their essays. So we, when we mark mocks and stuff, it always makes me smile if I see something we've posted in there. Um, we see it more in their work than we do in, time, in terms of the likes they give us. Sometimes they'll like it, sometimes they won't. Um, yeah, it's difficult. I the idea. I understand what you say about Google Classroom, that because we feel the same way about that. I mean, we predominantly use Teams and have done since the pandemic, and they all are very good at using Teams and do as a form of communication we have with them as well. But I think it's because we appear within that social media. Like even if they don't like it, like I had a couple of year twos the other day say, "What was the answer to that question?" <laughs> I was like, "What? Sorry." On the Instagram account, we were looking at it at lunchtime. We just didn't get the second picture. And so they do look at it, even if they don't like it. So it can sometimes be a bit isolating because you can be putting this stuff out and you think, am I wasting my time? But then they'll say something like that or you'll see some of them write in their essay. And so, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I suppose, like, I think, yeah, it's a hard one. And I think, like you said, with the Instagram, I suppose they're using that as part of their social life consistently. Whereas I suppose mm-hmm. with things like Teams, Google Classroom, Show My Homework, they're only access that as a way of finding information out whilst they're at school, when they're at school, for school or sixth form. Um, whereas that is, like you said, more as part of their everyday life. Yeah, so they're like, and that's the feedback I get from them. You know, like they will say, I, "I'll look at it at lunchtime when I'm at work," or "I do look at it on the bus," or "I see it." And a couple of them have said anecdotally 
it makes me do my homework. It mm. reminds me that, that you exist. I'm like, I never leave you. I'm always here. <laughs> Go do your sociology. Do your sociology. You you obviously mentioned the backgrounds behind it, and I, I've I've have I've, I've delved into it a little bit. I, I realised I probably didn't use the right platform. This was a long time ago. I'm thinking about maybe ten, twelve years ago. I I did have a a, a Twitter account for one of the schools that I worked at, um, but the engagement for that was really low, and that was because I think I used the wrong tool. I think there was a lot on Twitter because Twitter tends to have a lot of sociological debate at that time. Not as not as I don't know it's slightly different from what it's like now I think there's a lot more sort of arguments that tend to go on in Twitter um yeah. but I think it was the wrong platform to engage mm-hmm. students with and like you said Instagram seems to be more for young people and that demographic whereas Twitter isn't so much um but you did say about sort of the things you had to consider before you went live with that um yeah. and it isn't just a case of like you rocking up and going right I'm gonna create a, a so yeah what goes into what's for people for people that listen to this podcast think you know what something i've always wanted to do i feel my students are going to engage and and get benefit from this um what sort of things have you learned from how long have you been doing this for since the oh gosh i want to say is it two or three uh 2020 yes yeah and we did we set it up during lockdown because it was another reason to try and say in contact with them at a very difficult time as well. Um, in terms, so obviously when we came up with the idea, um, we had to approach the senior management and we had to say, can we do this? Uh, can we pilot it? Can we see if it's okay? And they said yes. And we had to speak to student services and safeguarding officers. We had to speak to marketing and there had to be um, things put in place. So for example, you'll notice we never put pictures of the students up. They don't, I mean, and that's completely acceptable. We might put pictures of their work up, but we make sure it's never, you know, identifiable to them. Um, We are political neutral, so we don't express an opinion. We only ever put posts up that are based with fact and evidence. So it's not a moment for you to go on and have a rant about the election that's just happened on, you know, whether it's gone in favour of your political ideology or not. Um, Yeah, so there, we don't follow students back. things like that. We have the um, password is kept by the college. The safeguarding officers have that password. Um, Marketing monitor the account. Um, We monitor what each other put out. So we, you know, there are lots of people looking at the account on a regular basis to make sure that it's a safe platform and that the content we're putting out is suitable for our students. And, you know, yeah, and the main thing is we have to make sure our students are protected and that we don't use it to express opinions that may offend or cause, you know, reputational damage to anyone. Yeah, so lots of, lots of factors to consider. Obviously, there's a marketing element and sort of, the, I suppose, a unifiable, you know, image of the school or the, the college. Yeah. But addition to that, most importantly, would be the safeguarding and, yeah. and obviously factors that branch off that not only the sort of confidentiality of the students, but the information that's shared um, by yourself and, and your colleague. Uh, it sort of makes me think of obviously applying my sociology into that and thinking about food code and surveillance, but obviously the idea that there's a lot of monitoring that goes on to ensure that there isn't, you know, stakeholders involved, that it isn't just yeah. a case of like, let's yeah. just do this. And I think that's something to consider, isn't it? Because it's, like you said, there's a lot of hard, like I think your words were, there's a lot of hard work that goes 
behind the scenes if, mm. if people are interested in it isn't a case of let's let's start a post i know for me i went through exactly i went through uh see the head teacher i then went through like um the safeguarding and marketing and i also went through um their systems manager like you know the one people that do all the computer stuff and they were in control of the account so there's a lot that goes in i think we also even got students to do contracts if they were going to follow us which at the time i don't know if that would still be useful but mm -hmm. i remember we had to get them to sign if they're going to follow us but i think it was more a case i think maybe with twitter that they could communicate back i couldn't really remember why we needed them to do a contract as well that they were going to use it appropriately um but yeah so, so there's so much that goes on behind the scenes um is there any sort of lessons you've learned like in sort of obviously now you've done it for two to three years is there anything you sort of advice that you might say to anyone that is thinking of doing it is there anything you think about maybe the frequency or uh, any sort of things that you think oh that really works oh, you said pictures work really really well but are there any things you think oh do you know what this is a quick lesson that i've learned from this it's worth sharing back um i think yeah i mean spend time looking at images and thinking about how you can represent what you're going to say for it can't always sometimes be done so don't don't bog yourself down with that really i mean in terms of frequency it, it would again i mean you have to the, one of the college thing they did say was that because we do use the college's name you know they have like a you have to post quite regularly to keep the account going type of thing but we do have lulls and we do have peaks. Um, yeah, but mainly the pictures. Um, if anything we think might be controversial, we turn the comments off. Um, I know that might seem unfair, but we do turn comments off. If you use people's art, then you need to get permission to use it, unless it's a picture that, you know, any one of us could, could go on and use that's readily available. Um, and I think that in the beginning, we would put lots and lots of detail on there and that maybe slowed down the number of posts that we put so we're perhaps less detailed in the comments because we did do some work with the students we made it our supported experiment about a year ago and they said oh we don't really read the comments unless you make us like so less is more basically instagram is an is a quick medium and you need to remember that and not put several lengthy detailed paragraphs that i know you would hope they're going to read but they're not going to they're going to read the first paragraph and that's going to be it however painful that may be for you so keeping it brief use appropriate brief. pictures where relevant. and because yeah. obviously you mentioned that the the instagram account isn't just used by students at your college um how then do you regulate that because obviously you said you take the comments off when it's if it's potentially controversial but then what do you do about things because obviously even if you I assume you can remove comments once they're up like you can yeah, you can do yeah. that but say like obviously so you're teaching a double lesson and then you look on and someone's put something that's not appropriate on there how how do you feel that like what what happens i'll be really honest we actually haven't had it happen like we've had mm. a bizarre comment once but it wasn't you know detrimental or damaging in any or harmful in any way um we we haven't really had it happen to be fair i think yeah no, no it hasn't happened i mean and i think that again comes down to what you're going to post so you have to be mindful of what you post because you don't want to enter into some ideological debate with someone and i think because it's just very fact driven um people don't generally and we've not expressed an opinion so i don't think we're inviting an opinion back 
Um, I think one of the biggest pieces of advice I would use is you have to you have to learn when to be quiet. So we are quiet around elections. We're quiet around exam time. We wish them good luck and congratulations. If there's been a particular issue, like there was an issue with the SATs this week, we won't mention that. That's not that's not helpful to to enter into a debate like that. Um, we carefully monitor. So we might, I get lots of Guardian articles sent to me, would this be good, would this be good? But often it will be someone's thoughts and feelings and I'm like, no, it's not good, unless it's backed up with a bit of research. Because what we would never want to do is to bring the college into disrepute by saying we've been expressed an opinion on a policy the government's put out, um, because that's not helpful. Um, but if, say, the Sutton Trust, who we use a lot of their research, for example, does research, isn't it, and kind of outlines some findings, then it's not our opinion. We say, well, this is backed by evidence. And so, you know, yeah, that would be my one bit of advice. Make sure you you check your facts. That would be it. Yeah, definitely. Particularly that it's... Sorry, Sorry I, was gonna, I was going to say, ultimately, you want them to use it in the exam. So it can't be your opinion. It has to be worthy of writing in an exam. Exactly. And I suppose what you're saying is, with something like an Instagram account, like you will have debates in a sociology lesson, wouldn't you? You look at the, mm. the, the various perspectives from lots of different theories, but ultimately, I suppose, on an Instagram account, there isn't that context, there isn't that discussion, it, it, there isn't that room to go, oh, I think this, and there's obviously the lack of the tone of the language and all the other things that go into a, a debate. Mm. Um, and obviously, like you said, although there are lots of different newspapers, they all have their own biases. So it's going back to the original source and pulling that off rather than, you know, the second or third person that's, you know, spoken about, maybe, for example, the Sutton Trust research. Mm -hmm. um, that's someone's opinion of that rather than well, what are they saying sort of thing. So lots to consider, is it? Like my brain was thinking as you were talking, like every sort of move that you make on social media as a teacher. Now, it sounds like I'm turning people off at the same time, but I think it's worth considering that and going, well, hang on a minute, do I do I actually post that? Because sometimes you might think, oh, that's really useful, that's really good to share. But in the context of social media, that might not be because of how it might be interpreted in that context. So if like for you, obviously, you've got your account, can you remind people of your account so that if people do want to not start their own and instead share yours, um, are, you, are, you, are you happy to share that with no, us again? Yeah, yeah. yeah. USP underscore sociology. So yeah, anyone, we, when you set it up as well, um, David and I were really keen for it to be an open education resource. We get no financial kind of reward for doing this. Um, and we don't really mind if, you know, a student in Bradford benefits or a student, I mean, we've had students as far as New York, Sydney contact us and say, oh, I found that really useful. I used it in my essay. And, you know, we think that that's great. And we we really kind of, hope that students go on and make the most of it um, and if it inspires some teachers to do it then that's all good as well yeah definitely so either we might have some listeners that might start up their instagram accounts or you know um use yours as a, as a tool to share with their students because you know and we that, also you, you share things like the tutors to you the other day i posted and i said look you know they're going live you know, they really like those live lessons that Duncan and Craig do. And I and I remind them about that so that they were, oh, I saw that and I went on and I watched. One of my students <laughs> are very excited about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's good. I think it's a good tool to remind students again, because I know for me, I, I would say, like, again, maybe use 
share my homework, Google Classroom, whatever sort of platform you're using. And the students will remember that. And then between that and them leaving school is a whole <laughs> life of other things. But they're generally, like you say, going to be on the bus or the train or whatever it is, or even walking along, looking at their phone uh, <laughs> on an Instagram account. And actually that coming up will remind them because it's like, oh, I remember students going, oh, I totally forgot. I know you mentioned it. But by the time I got in, had a snack, had a little nap, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'd forgotten. But actually, yeah. that's a good reminder. They're always on their phone. And so it was a mm. good time to join them and, you know, be there to say, look, it's, you know, it's going to happen at seven o'clock tonight. So, yeah. you know, you can turn your computer on and have a little look or just flick over to YouTube and have a, you know. And also when they're going to go into an exam, how nice to be told good luck. If we can't be there in person, and which is rare, but if we can't, I mean, we have a hundred of them or so. So, you know, if we can't say good luck to them all, it's a nice way of saying, you know, we're still there with you, nagging yeah. you. <laughs> oh, definitely. I think it's, it, it's, do you have many, I just love them, do you have many students that stay on there once they've left as students? No, they don't, they don't go. <laughs> they still follow us. You know, we, you know, you kind of, you, you see the likes. We Obviously we go in and check to see who is liking and, um, we don't know many of them, but occasionally some of them use their name or they'll they'll see us in the street and particularly access students will say, oh, I still follow your account. <laughs> I go, oh, great. <laughs> That's cool, isn't it? So like, like that sort of life learning, long learning for sociology, isn't it, as well? Because ultimately students might decide not to pursue sociology at university or go straight to work and, and not directly following their sort of academic route within sociology, but are still engaging with sociology uh, through their sort of life practices. So there's yeah. lots of different positives there as well. So, oh, that's interesting. So thank you for your time. I really, really appreciate it. I will put the link of it on our, our podcast and, you know, for those teachers that are interested, definitely to maybe even use it to follow to begin with, to think, you know, how do I yeah. maybe use it as well? I to use it in lessons and stuff. We honestly don't mind. It really is there for everyone to use. Yeah, definitely. I think that's what's great about the sociology community, isn't it? That we're always willing to share. Um, I know we've got, like I said earlier, we've got our own little network of, of teachers locally, uh, which actually isn't that local now. I feel like it's it's branched out and so yeah, 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 it's quite far. It's sort of southeast Essex, really. But it started off as something small, um, and it's just sort of snowballed. And I think I think that's the great thing about sociology teachers. We're always willing to sort of share and communicate. So. Um, but thank you for your time. I look forward to seeing you in person. Mm -hmm. I know that we can't actually, no. you can't physically meet us on the next no, time, but no, hopefully one yeah. after that. So, yeah, oh, brilliant. Thank you. And enjoy the rest of your day and not yeah, one more week do. till half term. Um, <laughs> thank you ever so much for your time. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. The Sociology Staff Room is brought to you by tutor to you Sociology. Find us at tutortoyou.net forward slash sociology or follow us on Twitter at tutortoyousoc or Instagram at tutortoyousoc. You can also join our very lively Facebook groups for sociology teachers. See you soon.